One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, as always, on a Monday, we were joined by Danny Kelly. We looked at all nine Premier League games yes. so far this weekend. A bit of a deep dive into them. And nominated someone or something for the barrel. Um, we also brought you some clips of the week pewter from back in the day. They were rather good, weren't they? They were fun. We covered some ground. Andy's a, a bit nonplussed by what's going on at Chelsea. Um, and we talked about all manner of things. Uh, so, uh, anyway, here it all is. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. Welcome back. And, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to come in here on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> after Chelsea had won, it would make such a pleasant change. But as we've only won six games this whole calendar year, wow. it's unlikely, isn't it? That's and a sobering thought. I didn't realise it was quite yeah. as stark as that. Yeah, it's very stark. It, it's very frustrating at the mm. moment. What can you do? But some of the fans are blaming Pochettino. No, come on. Honestly, they're so thick, these people. <laughs> Is it Pochettino's fault that we haven't got a striker? Is it his fault we've got 12 players out injured? Is it his fault the owners have bought some really duff players? It's yeah. not his fault. You know, I mean, honestly, I said to Jason yesterday, I sent him a text. Jason Cundy. <laughs> Cundy, yeah, yeah. The failure to buy a striker in two windows with all that money is a sackable offence, or as when I said to him, a stackable offence. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that's what I fear will happen. Mm. The pressure will build on Pochettino because they've got a really... They've got to blame someone. They want to they've deflect difficult... it from themselves. Yeah. And they're going to blame him yeah. rather than blaming themselves, and that's the situation. And so, really, I, I think it'll get. I do think it'll it'll turn round, and I think they'll. Yeah, you know, well, you created a lot. We're going to talk yeah. to Danny in D, but we, you did create a lot of chances oh, yeah. yesterday. You, you could know, have, but you then know. Bournemouth could have won it as well. At the yeah, end. yeah, you know, they had chances too. So probably a draw in the end was a fair result. But the first twenty minutes, Chelsea should have been three or four up. Yeah, they should. I just thought, even after two minutes, I put. First miss of the afternoon after 2.36. I think I'll log them because I think there'll be a few and that's exactly what happened. I'm sure you're also delighted to see that Brighton went to Old Trafford with a team that cost 18.2 million yeah. and, and put them to shame. And we're brilliant. Yeah. Because it's not about the money and the money isn't a millstone. This is where the owners have been so stupid in yeah. my opinion. It's a millstone around the, the club yeah. to have spent so much money. Mm. When it wasn't necessary to spend that amount of money, it wasn't. You know, I mean, Leslie, who played yesterday in midfield, he, he played pretty well. I mean, he did. I love what, the fact you're on first name terms. Well, I can't pronounce his last oh, name. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. You put, put the hard yards in <laughs> yeah, it, and it can't no, be that difficult. It's difficult. But he, he had a good game. He did exactly what Caicedo would do. He did exactly what any good defensive midfielder would be. He won a few tackles, yeah. he laid it off. Well, you don't pay £115 million for somebody that does that job. Yeah. They must be mad, absolutely mad. And, and to do that and not buy a striker, when they already had three other defensive midfielders, 
I mean, Jackson, he's just not, he can't hold the ball up. He's flimsy. He's <clears throat> just not the answer. Mm. You, you look at. Good old he, flimsy Jackson. Well, he's just not the, you know, he's not Ivan Tony, is he? Do you know what I mean? No. He's just easily, he, he didn't win one ball off those centre halves yesterday. Not one. Very I mean, early days in the Prem. I mean, well, you know. No, it, that's true, but it, it's not looking good. But there you go. What can you do? I was interesting to see Sean Dyche. I was studying him, actually, mm. the other, yesterday. And I, I realised that he, he actually shaves his head. He's not like a lot of bald blokes who are sort of bald and then shave it so that you can't really tell. He'd have a full head of hair if he didn't shave his head. Do you think? I, I'd like to see him grow it out, shoulder length. That would be good, There'd wouldn't it? would be a softer look for him. Yeah, I quite like that. sort of cornrows. <laughs> yeah. Are um, you sure about that? Mm. Do you think it's... You think if he kept it... I think what it goes... No, his hairline is right about like here. But when he grows it long, he's got... Do you remember um, oh, this one for the teenagers? It's an island. The Dick Emery show. Oh, really? There was the skinhead and his son. <laughs> Done it wrong again, Dad. He's basically, he, he gets... That's a he gets, one. Yeah, he gets <laughs> catchphrases of the past. Ask your granddad. But his hair is kind of red. Yeah. He's got ginger hair that grows straight up, I think. So what really? you get is a, an old school skinhead. If he went out... would be like Tintin. Crombie and a pair of two-tone Ruperts <laughs> and some loafers. He'd look red socks. He'd look fantastic on the line, wouldn't he? And Arsenal fans haven't, haven't been slow to point out that they could have had Mudrick but got Trossard. Yes. Saving themselves <laughs> 65 million and a lot of heartache. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he took his goal well, didn't he? Yeah, so, he's a good player, you know. So we're going to have a good look um, at uh, all of the games in the Premier League, game-by-game review with Danny Kelly very shortly, covering all the ground. A uh, couple of things to get you involved with. Um, uh, you're probably aware that Australia uh, lost to Fiji yesterday in the Rugby World what Cup. What a terrible result. And uh, Eddie Jones, yeah, Eddie Jones. Eddie, Jones. Uh, Eddie is taking it uh, on the chin. He is, he is blaming himself for the whole thing. And he says, after that, they should be throwing everything at me. Baguettes, croissants, I deserve whatever I get. I don't know if they are throwing baguettes. And... <laughs> I mean, it's a bit sort of... Well, why would the French be upset that Fiji won? I thought I don't they'd know, be happy. But I was working on the basis that Australians have gone to the game. Oh, with and there are croissants and baguettes yeah, available. I mean, I don't want a baguette throw... Someone like Steve Backley throws a, a baguette at you and launches it. Tessa Sanderson's in the crowd, takes against Eddie for what he did That's with England. True. Could do a lot of damage. Could be a lot of damage. So we just wondered... I said it's a bit of a Charlie's choice. Charlie normally comes up with a ridiculously crackpot open topic mm. to get you going but you know that would be odd if someone threw a croissant at you yeah uh, that you would strike that as, as strange wouldn't you yeah. really? so we were wondering what, what I was I think a pan au chocolat could do more damage it's, okay more this is getting a bit Dutch Holland territory isn't it I was told a story once of a man who dropped a pan au chocolat off the Empire State Building <laughs> very much so yeah um, so yeah, we are gonna um, we are gonna ask you what was thrown at you and in what circumstances. And that was something that might hit, and you think, oh, "What was that?" And you look down or you pick it up and think, "Really? What? What was that?" So anyway, uh, do let us know uh, what was thrown at you. Uh, Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet to TSH and J. Uh, Louis Reith, uh Zamet plays uh, rugby for Wales, of course, out of the Rugby World Cup. He wears Cristiano Ronaldo boxers. He's a Manchester United fan. Hmm. He's a big uh, fan of Cristiano. And they were playing Portugal, so he did the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration hmm. uh, uh, in that game. He thought, I'm never going to get another hmm. chance to emulate my hero. How often do you play Portugal in a game of rugby? So, But I just thought the, the world of celebrity undercrackers is uh, an interesting one because hmm. I, I think, obviously, if you're wearing a pair of David Beckham's, um, or something like that, or a pair of CR7s, there's an expectation that you'll be 
possibly a certain shape. <laughs> well, so, well you, built. If you if you wander around with a big old derby on you, and um, you know the other half buys you a pair of CR7 <laughs> underpants, I don't know if he's going to have if he's going to make all the difference or not. But um, if anyway, if you've ever entered the world of celebrity underpants, we would uh, we would love to know. And how did that work out for you? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Alex in Weymouth says, "Cheer up, Andy. Forget about Chelsea. Neighbours is back. Very true. Every cloud, Andy. Yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah, good oh, meeting. Alan Fletcher last week. Yeah, he's very excited, is he? Yeah, I think it's going to be quite Netflixy. It's, it's, apparently, it looks very different. So uh, it's, it's, like it's been shot on film. It's that's quite, what they say. Quite yeah, arty, we'll, is it? We'll find out wow, tonight when we watch it. It's your first show, is it? First show tonight. Yeah, very exciting. Anyway, um, as exciting as the Premier League this weekend, well, we'll find out. It's a weekend of some interesting comebacks. Uh, joining us now, as always, to reflect on the nine games played so far is Danny Kelly. Good afternoon, Danny. Hello, chaps. Hello, everyone. Yeah, some, exci- some exciting games. I think some very exciting games. Not yesterday. yesterday no, the first two... nil-nil of the season, which I suppose yeah, is... And, and yeah, even the Arsenal thing. game, we'll talk about it later, wasn't yeah. exciting. I mean, no, it wasn't. It, wasn't. I mean, it, it, it yeah. was just, you know, you knew it was yeah. coming, Arsenal's but, goal. It was just but, when. Uh, really. Saturday was notable for the fact that four teams took the lead and four teams lost, and that's quite unusual. Really yeah. unusual, yeah. yeah. The, the stats against that happening in the Premier League are mm. almost astronomical. Uh, get the first goal... You've got a north of 89% chance of getting a result and for four of them to lose, I mean, I, I, can't, I, I don't know how to do the mathematics, but it would be a huge number. <laughs> well, let's kick off then with Manchester United. One, Brighton and Hove Albion three. The game that's probably taken up most column inches, United in crisis. Well, that's a bit early for that. I think mm. uh, I think we all agree. Do you? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the, 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 the stick to beat them with has been every newspaper has come up with this table of... The 11 United put out cost 316.9 million and the 11 that uh, Brighton put out, including lots of changes because of Europe and injuries, uh, a mere 18.2 million and they played them off the It's park. about culture though. We, we heard Brighton talking after the game, their players, about the culture of the club there, yeah. about how good it is. And about with United, it's the opposite of that and that predates Ten Hag. Yes. So it doesn't matter, as we'll come to later, it doesn't matter what you spend. It's about the culture of the club and the and the way the players are with the manager. Often the culture is shaped by the amount you do spend, though. You know, if, yeah. if, you're, if you are Brighton, you have to be canny like that, and they are sure. brilliantly canny. But Danny, yes, um, Ten Hag out for you, I think is a bit early. It is, of course it is, but the story, the story on the back pages of the newspapers you're referring to there is not the story, is it? The story is not Manchester United. We are through the looking glass here with how good Brighton are. Sure. They, I mean, 3-1 win. At, Brighton won 3-1 at Old Trafford. Think about that. Mm. It was They were lucky, uh, Manchester United, to get away with 3-1. The chances l- later on that Ansu Fati and Mitoma missed. It could yeah. have been any scoreline. And we think about the resources of the two clubs. Brighton didn't start... Ansu Fati, Evan Ferguson, or Julio Enciso. They've got better players in the front part of the team than Manchester United. Mm. Now, I don't know how Manchester United let that happen. Gary Neville and Andy have pointed out, you know, and yourselves, this comes from the top. But what we're facing here is pure reality. Brighton have better players and a better squad of players than Manchester United. They've got, they've got a better manager. As well, I it's think. nuts. And of course they've got a better manager, yeah. I think Brighton, I've written here, I think Brighton can be top four, no problem. Absolutely no problem. They, they look really, really strong, you know. And Ten Hag, you know, all this stuff, when, when you lose a player like Sancho, when that happens, it's not good for a club. It's all right saying, well, he's establishing his, his authority and all that, but I don't think that plays with the other players if you lose. No, players, you know, st- players don't like it, do they? They, uh, they? they just don't like 
um, the dirty washing being um, exposed in public. Because you mm. know what, they're, they're human beings. They just think, be me next, if I ain't careful, yeah. be me next. It just, it, and you know, in some ways, and we'll talk about Spurs a little later on, the way that Dyer and uh, Lloris have been sort of put back into the 25 with no fuss, despite the fact that they, they know the manager doesn't fancy them, um, is an example of how to do it, whereas ostracising people and leaving them in to train with kids and things. Mm-hmm. You're right, Andy. It, it may show the manager to be being tough, but the players, that, modern players won't have that at all. Uh, the crowd turned on Rasmus Hoyland's uh, substitution. I did have a bit of sympathy. Um, yeah, I mean, I can right. understand the frustration mm. if it was I was a United fan, I was there. And he yeah, was, it, it looked, looked like, like a strange was, decision on the face if, of it. Look, if he's in Pre-planned, the, I'm guessing, because of the, the, the yeah. sports science. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. hardly played. I'm sure they've said he hasn't got a full game in him. And if he pulls up and he's out for six weeks with a hamstring, those same fans are saying, what'd you leave him on for 90 minutes for? Yeah, he wasn't absolutely. fit. But no, the issue... The issue, Paul, with Manchester United fans is what, what you're replacing him with. Anthony Martial has tried and failed at Manchester United. And as I say, it wasn't like they were bringing on Evan Ferguson or Ansu Fati or Julio Enciso because they all play for the other team. Yeah. Um, um, so again, we ought to say, though, to, in fairness to United, it's, it's all about being a game of millimetres. They could have beaten Arsenal, offside by the sure, closest yeah. The goal that Hoyland scored would have changed the game. Again, totally. that was millimetres out. So, they, you know, they also could do with a little bit of luck as well. Yeah, but, but that's why I'm not, I'm not joining the, you know, manager out thing. Why would you do that? Um, there's a little bit of news coming out of Manchester United, which won't, uh, won't delight the fans. Uh, Aaron Wambasaka is facing potentially a couple of months out with injury. That's not good. So, yeah. there we are. Um... So we move on then from uh, Manchester United 1, Brighton 3 to Bournemouth 0. Chelsea 0, this may not take long. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Andy, I mean, you've given us your considered mm, uh, yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chelsea, from, from a neutral's point of view, Danny, which we both are, they did create lots of chances. It could have been different. I know Bournemouth had their chances. Sanchez made a couple of big saves. But Chelsea kind of could have been out of sight. And if they got a couple of early goals, it would have been a different game. That's been the story of their season so far, hasn't it? They they are not as bad. They're not as good as they should be, given the outlay. They're not as bad as the results suggest. Um, I don't know if Andy will, 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 will. I mean, I'm glad a few. You know, all last week I was only eight feet away. I think he would have <laughs> run at me. I thought Mudrick. I thought Mudrick did okay. You know, yeah, um, for yeah, a while. He's right. he's okay. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's, he did okay. He made two real from, good chances. Yeah, yeah, but he also out of possession. He's not very good. You know, he really isn't. He's not up to it, you know. He's not. And he paid eighty million for this boy. You know, you want to no. see a bit more than we're seeing. Andy, for the first time, I watched that game of the jeweler's eyepiece because I wanted to see what you were seeing. Mm. Um, and I don't think Chelsea were terrible, but I do see that they are a long way from, you know, what I would expect from a from, from a team with that we you know with a very front foot manager. And I just don't I, again. Because I know that Christopher Kunku is not an out-and-out striker, the thing you've been banging on about, about them not having a centre-forward, is really starting to become clear that they, the team has no fulcrum. It has no nothing to play around up front. Yeah, I mean, these um, they, they are desperate. The two blokes who've done the recruitment, they're desperate that Brozier comes back and he looks all right and he provides this focal point because otherwise mm. the focus will be on them. And then Kunku, he did look great in pre-season. He, he would have scored a few goals. It's yeah. a bit, bit of a shame that it happened. And, you know, it's just one of those things. Things, isn't it? They have got a lot of injuries, and that you can't help that. But yeah, imagine you'd be encouraged as a, as a Bournemouth fan. Here, I sort of starting to make his mark on the team again. They're a bit mm. like Chelsea; they they wasted a couple of good yeah, chances. I thought they were pretty average, to be honest. They were there for the taking, really. You know, they they were all right, not great. Yeah. 
No, they were pretty solid. Um, yeah. But it's early days for him as well. He's like another manager trying to make a mark mm. on a new team. Clive Cliver I, I, had some nice moments when he came I on. Just, they, 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 I thought they were pretty, you know, within their restrictions, they were pretty good Bournemouth. I just think the second half, once you see that Chelsea really are struggling to make it go continuously, they could have had a, they could have got a go at Chelsea there and perhaps got even more. Yeah. They yeah. did hit the woodwork twice, Chelsea. Yeah, saying they did. Yeah, well, Chelsea didn't deserve to lose, no, no. way. No. Um, Everton nil, Arsenal won. And uh, they did feel, again, it wasn't a stunner because um, Everton didn't help in the way they played. And it, it, they were making the point of match of the day two last night. It was very noticeable on the telly. Just how quiet Goodison was. And, you know, that's when it when it's rocking that place, it's fantastic. But the players were giving the fans nothing. And I always, I always rail against this. They always say, oh, get behind the lads. Mm. You've got to give them something to get behind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think yeah. they did really yesterday, Everton. Um, look, Everton were dreadful. Let's be truthful about it. They got one shot at goal in the entire game at home. All right, they're playing a very good Arsenal team. And what a finish by Trossard, by the way. Mm. Um, first touch with the, with the leg furthest away from the ball. Always tricky. Very, very good finish. But you're asking about Everton and their fans. Now they appear to me, maybe the fans have been affected by this too, to be waiting for the for the takeover, waiting for the uh, for the owners um, to, to to change. The problem with that is, you know, by the time seven 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 have come and got their feet under the table, the January transfer window is not a million miles away in terms of games. There's only sort of ten more games before that comes. But you can't afford to be, you know, anchored in the bottom three um, before the before the cavalry arrives. And uh, you're right, Paul. The, the team has to give the, the fans something to, to shout about. The fans may also need to try and help the team along a bit here because they are so... Well, they're lucky. They're in a season where I think they're even worse teams in the Premier League, but they're mm. so bad. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, the yeah. thing about Arsenal is that at the moment, it's very early days in the season, but they're not quite as good as they were last year. They're not quite as flowing in the way that they, they did last year. They don't look quite as dangerous. So then then it, the North London derby will be fascinating, actually. Yeah. You know, and you'd say Spurs are in slightly better form going into the game, but you know, we all know that's a bit of a. I think the form fixture. book goes out the window. I think that's the word. Is yeah. the phrase? I and, do quite uh, like yeah, the commentary moment. Quickly followed by the carriage clock, depending <laughs> yeah. on the result. Yeah. <laughs> I like the commentary moment when uh, the commentator said, "White." Rice. It's a shame they haven't got Brown <laughs> yeah. or Sean Longgrain. That would be Sean Longgrain. <laughs> He'd be fantastic. And I did love the fact Arsenal dealt with their Goodison Hoodoo because I thought Goodison Hoodoo sounds like a name from Toast of London. Yes. <laughs> on, on the wall. Hello, I'm Goodison Hoodoo. Anyway, uh, more from Danny Kelly. Our next game yeah. will be. I was there. I'm delighted to say, and I stayed to the end. Spurs two, yeah. Sheffield United one. We'll look at that very shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, the game was. So boring, Ali. It was the officiating was the officiating was terrible. The time wasting was terrible. Uh, I I just got to the point. I had to leave, and I missed the two goals, and I'm so upset. <laughs> oh, Robin, you burnt. That was Robin, the Spurs fan. Yes. He called breakfast morning. Ali and uh, Andy back tomorrow from six a.m. Of course, taking your calls. But he left early because the game, it was not a boring game. There was always mm. something in it. Mm. You could see the smash and grab about to happen. But then you thought, OK, Tottenham, we've got to get back into this. I th- I, what, he's got a very, uh, you know, high threshold of what's boring and what isn't. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was Tottenham 2, Sheffield United 1. I do agree on the officiating, though. Peter Banks, I didn't think, had a good game. My mate Sean, who I sit with, uh, I think he called it right. He said, he's like a supply teacher. 
It's like someone said, boys, Mr. Oliver won't be taking games today. Mr. Banks won't. Banksy's doing it for you. We'll just muck about like Billy Catherine, sort of swinging from the crossbar in Kez. We'll just, you know, we'll play him up, we'll time waste, we'll have a right old laugh. It's great. It's old Banksy's doing it. They he are, didn't have a great game. They are the game. best type of wins, though, so when you're yes. looking down and out and then you come back, so it, it tastes sweet. I that. mean, we got three minutes of injury time in the first half, which was ludicrous because Fodderingham sort of lobbed his gloves off and was down for a good four on top of all the other time wasting. But I think the referee shaped the game he maybe that's why we had 12 in the second half he, he let a lot of stuff go and it frustrated Tottenham it got quite narky because of that and, but I don't blame Sheffield United for that they've got to do what they've got to do it's game management down here that's the way we've got to look at it mm. being booked for the handball outside the area mm. um, the referee then was afraid to book him for time wasting because he'd have to send the goalkeeper exactly off. we were saying the same um, thing yeah and you know the goalkeeper um, it dictates that and then you know he's getting the referee's getting in his ear saying you're going to have to add on 12 minutes of added time here and of course as a fan I'm absolutely all for that regardless of what happened to Spurs this weekend the way that the players and the rules have conspired to lower and lower and lower the actual ball in play time you get for your 60, 70, 80 quid, whatever level you're watching the game at, is a scandal. And, I'm, and they've got to get after it. And I, in some ways, I was glad that Sheffield, you know, it was this week at Sheffield United, some week it be somebody else, um, where time-wasting is part of the gig. Hmm. Don't like it at all. And Paul Heckenbottom went on about it afterwards. Bless him. You can see he was disappointed. But, you know, his plan had been thwarted. But it can't be his plan to concede 28 shots at goal. Hmm. And... 15 corners because sooner or later that is going to slap you in the face mm. interesting that we managed to have to deal with it as well afterwards Postacoglu said he left his substitutes in his late because he knew to be another 25 minutes to go <laughs> yeah no he's right I mean they got what they deserved if you're going to waste that much time and you'd have to be very hard hearted not to be pleased for Richarlison oh. it does show that talking in any walk of life always helps mm. he, he sort of opened up about his problems he did yeah, yeah I saw that yeah. and it helps when that happens and people are more especially these days people are sympathetic and yeah. so you know maybe it freed him up a bit but it was great that he scored it was interesting I mean that we were railing, we were saying look get him you, know, you felt that Richarlison should come and it really wasn't a game for um, for Sonny with a low block like that he loves it against Burnley because they've got a high line can run into he had no space to run into he's you need waiting. some physical presence don't yeah. you against he's that waiting low block. for a killer ball all the time that didn't quite come and Sheffield United they did defend pretty stoutly they got bodies in the way and they did what they had to do to get a result and they almost got one so we should they, they did they, they did and you know no one's, no one's questioning the commitment of the players of Sheffield United it's just that the plan is a bit anti-football those Spurs have Spurs fans have absolutely no room for criticism. Yeah. We've been doing that for three solid years. Yes. So I'd say, seriously. They're so much yeah. more front foot. They're so much it, better. It was watch. it yeah. was a, a lot of fun and a wonderful moment if you're a Spurs fan at the end. Probably not so much if you're a Blades fan. But um, and Will yeah. we see a later <clears throat> turnaround ever in English football? Ever? I, I'd that's hate the, no. That's a good question. No, I'd hate to think no. it was a true Tottenham fan who sent that filth mm. to, uh, to Fodderingham as well. So not in our no, name, no, Danny. Absolutely a, not. Absolutely not in my name, no. <laughs> so we move on to uh, West Ham United 1 Manchester City 3 and we're all sitting there at the game going blimey West Ham have gone 1-0 up Ward Prowse <laughs> yeah. and then somebody said a Ward Prowse header a diving yeah. header diving yeah. header old fashioned diving from header from 4 I, yards out that's the yeah. closest I mean, that's it, was the, a, it was a free Price kick next, next nearest goal was 45 yards away wasn't it <laughs> he's now doing diving header free <laughs> kicks with, <laughs> with bend and dip on them um, but yeah they, 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 put, they gave him a bit of a jolly up but you know Manchester City and Manchester City and they kept creating and and the goals came. But it could have been different. There was a few little 
moments in the match. Antonio had, had a little moment in the yeah, game. Chances at 1 1 yeah. West Ham, you know. Yeah. 3 1 looked a bit harsh, but Harland missed that. The depth, for, the depth of City's side and the fact that they've recruited pretty well and they've kept the players they wanted to. They yeah, no lovely Greenish. goal from Doku. Yeah, Doku, no Stones yeah. and uh, no Kovacic in that game, and they still got it done. It's our job to find new words and new ways to describe. Uh, things are happening in football, but uh, with Manchester City, it's almost it's becoming very, very hard. I mean, I was disappointed that Haaland got the third. I would like to have seen a game where he doesn't score mm. despite having loads of chances. Would that even things out? Twenty nine shots away from home, Manchester City. West Ham played really well. So yeah. what you had there was a very good team being overtaken by a force of nature, which is what Manchester City are. And mm. the the goal where Kyle Walker ran the 100 metres in a new world record. And then you look at the speed of Docker and you think, OK, now they're doing that as well. Yeah. You know, last year it was the technical brilliance of Jack Grealish out on the left. Now they decided we'll do it another way. Yeah. We'll have piercing pace out there as well. Um, I guess, except for I don't like how uncompetitive I suspect the race for the, cha- for the Premier League is going to mm. be again. Those of us watching it, we really need to sit back and just say we're privileged to be around when this stuff is happening. Because mm. it may not last forever at Manchester no, City. No, that, that, oh, it won't last forever. Nothing lasts forever. It's always cyclical. But, uh, yeah, you just have to sit back and enjoy it. a cycle, though. Very much a penny farthing yeah. at the moment, yeah, you isn't will, it? You know, they, it's going to get... It, look, let's be honest, it's going to last as long as Pep's there. Yeah. And the minute Pep leaves, it won't, they won't be the same team because he's the best manager in the world. So... Yeah, it's maybe the best, me. maybe the best coach I've ever seen. Yeah, the resources. Of, I mean, they'll go for you know, they'll yeah, go they'll for go a similar the, type, won't they? Definitely, they'll be they, getting someone in from the national. Doesn't matter how South. similar you try, want to recruit. Yeah, it's very hard to replace him. Simon's a City fan. He's feeding into what was thrown at you. Um, I once had a black pudding thrown at me in a pub before a Berry FC versus Manchester City game. Remember the days when they played Berry? Mm. He says those were those were in the days when City weren't doing well. It seems to hint, Danny, that. These days they throw truffles or caviar, of course, <laughs> but it was black puddings in those days. Going well, I think I think one. isn't buried the home of the black pudding in oh, Britain, is it? so maybe it's a uh, local product that you get thrown at you. They could be getting beaten in Wales, and then comes mm. the care Philly cheese is coming their way. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on then to Wolverhampton Wanderers one, Liverpool three, and uh, I watched quite a lot of the first half, mm. and Wolves had loads and loads of chances, including the quite comical. Mateus oh, Matthias! Oh. Nothing like throwing your head at a ball and it hits you on the knee. <laughs> yeah. You look at Real Burke, you look like Burke on a Sunday morning. <laughs> let alone, let alone when he was there, when they went in the pub afterwards. All the Wolves mm. players having a Sunday dinner. I bet they were giving him some stick for that, as you would on a Sunday morning. Two, two startling things for me: Matthias Cunha's attempt to head that football, as you say, it would have shamed Hackney Marshes. <laughs> um, but I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen uh, Matt Doherty's new haircut, where he's completely dislocated the hair on the top from the beard at the bottom. He's got a yes. good four-inch gap. <laughs> that's now. not a good look. Is it really? <laughs> I don't know what. What? That's like something out of a science fiction film, Matt. <laughs> Maybe they're bringing you know, back Blake Seven. Maybe, June. He's, maybe. He wants to star in a remake of another <laughs> yeah. remake of June. But Unbelievable. I was, I was walking to the lane and with my son, and he just he just knew as soon as Liverpool equalised, we both said, "Well, Liverpool are going to win that." Because oh, yeah. Wolves Everybody. had had so many chances. But that's Wolves all over. They, yeah. They're another team like Chelsea. They create a lot of chances. They never put them away. You were sitting there watching it, going, "Oh, they're going to pay for this." You knew it was Neto play well. He caused havoc. Yeah, he Liverpool. Play well. Liverpool are resilient, aren't they? They, they, they tend to. They, they're having a tendency to go behind. Behind, but they don't worry about that. They they've got so much forward resource that they rotate through the game, not just through mm. a series of matches. They rotate and, during the and, game. Again, we really want to see now the 
top teams play, and I don't mean Chelsea, these top teams playing each other because really Liverpool haven't really played anybody. They've played Chelsea and they've right. got a draw, but generally they were a bit lucky against Newcastle. So it'll be interesting. Wolves next, Liverpool, and then they play Spurs. Yeah. At, so at Tottenham, so yeah. when these teams all meet, it'll be City, Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, yeah. then we'll have a better idea. But they obviously look good going forward, but do look still slightly vulnerable, I think. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Odson Edward has now scored loads of goals. Bless yes. him. Not Edson Odward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, and that's a sign that Palace are doing something they haven't done for years, getting the ball to their strikers in a, you know, in a way it doesn't rely on Will Zaha cutting inside and scoring himself. Um, but Villa, the lateness of the goals is one thing. The fact that their squad is so transformed, you know, DRB, Zaniolo, Duran, um, you know, they've got Monchi there. And except for one 18-month of bad buys at Seville relatively recently, he doesn't get many things wrong. They've got mm. a load of good footballers there. Mm. And anyone, ask any Villa fan, the transformation, never mind about Spurs, the transformation Aston Villa has been amazing. Um, I still think that was quite a tough penalty. Yeah. Um, and mm. pa- pa- Palace could have a number of reasons for not being um, Chris Richards, it, it looks result. like he gets a fair chunk of the ball, uh, doesn't he, before he, does. he touches the player. Mm. And then he gets another touch of it as well. Yeah. There is one touch on the player in between. But um, I, I thought I, I wouldn't have given that as a penalty, and I'm a really, really good judge of these things. Well, the VA obviously thought it wasn't because they sent mm. Darren England to the monitor, yeah. and he said they looked at it for about four or five minutes, and then said, "No, I'll, and, I'll back myself and stick with it," which we normally applaud. But I'm not sure. In and this as case, the Crystal Palace right. assistant manager said, if it takes five minutes, yeah, you you know that it's not yeah. a penalty, you know. But yeah, Villa's true. home record is pretty amazing, isn't it? They've just gone on this incredible run of uh, of home wins and Fortress Villa Park. And, and you know, if, if if a player as good as Ollie Watkins is feeling the the hot breath of of another player in the form of uh, of Duran on his neck, that's a great sign for their team, is, for their yeah. squad. You yeah. mentioned Monchi there, and if you gave him one point four billion, do you think he'd buy a striker? Just <laughs> just asking for a friend. I don't know what, thank you, Cole. That's Andy there from Chiswick. I tell you what, Andy, if he didn't, he would buy a load of midfield players who would compensate for the lack of a striker. You know. We move on then to Fulham one, Luton Town one, and yeah. Oh, if goal. only if only Paul. Oh, sorry, no, nil. I do apologise. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I yeah. gave them a goal. They, it was they, look, they tried hard enough. Again, they deserved one, I thought. not clinical mm. enough, were they, unfortunately, yeah. from their point of view? I think they should be encouraged, Luton. Um, you know, they, they've run into some very good teams and, and Fulham are a decent team as well. They, you know, Jacob Brown, Amari Bell, Tom Lockyer, they, they all could have, should have scored. Um, and so, you know, they... The job now for Rob Edwards is to not let the players get too down about this opening. Their next three games are Wolverhampton Wanderers, Everton and Burnley. Mm. And then we'll know a lot more about Luton. I thought they would struggle royally in this division. And, you know, so far, the points-wise, they have. Yeah. But that performance, I mean, Fulham weren't, weren't very fluid. But even so, to go away to Fulham and make a decent fist of it, I'm more optimistic now about Luton than I was before that game started. Luton's XG was higher than Fulham's, but Fulham did that really annoying thing of actually scoring a goal. Yes. <laughs> Which shows why XG is an absolute tosh. Yes, that's yeah. right. I mean, they did create more chances. They did have a few chances. But they, they made hard work of it, Fulham. You could say that would, in all fairness. And the you? goal scorer, Danny, we saw a little bit of at Spurs, uh, Carlos yeah. Vinicius. And, and generally, he had his moment, a few moments at Spurs, especially against Marine, where he really oh, he put, showed, he he showed put them to the sword. He showed Marine what a Brazilian centre-forward yeah. can do. That's Don't worry about right. that. From two yards. <laughs> but... Most of the time for Tottenham at the higher level look like two removal men shunting around an Ikea Billy bookcase. <laughs> but obviously Marco Silva's worked the magic. I yeah, suppose he's, Portuguese, he's better at Fulham. Portuguese speaker, they probably just said to him in Portuguese, just run about a bit like Harry said to Pavlyuchenko all those years he's ago. Done all right. He's done all right everywhere he's been yeah. except for that spell at Spurs where, as you say, and partly, of course, the shadow of Kane is vast, isn't mm. it? If you're playing, trying to sneak 10 minutes here, five minutes there in the shadow of Harry Kane, 
it may be that you'll 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 start to resemble something angular with the ball bouncing off you at unusual <laughs> angles. But we haven't asked for any of your knee-jerk reactions to the weekend, Andy. I mean, where, have you, well, I mean, nothing really. I, mean, I would say about Fulham Luton though. It's a game from when I was seven years old. It definitely feels like yeah. 1959. Yeah. Yeah, I went for Fozzie to come on at the back with his headband <laughs> on, <laughs> reading the yes, results on the, on the back page of the, <laughs> yeah. the back page of the Evening Standard. Yeah, that's the result of that the winner. Both footchers are on the pitch. This is fantastic. Yeah. Good to see both the footchers on. Um, back to the footcher and all that. Well, so, my knee-jerk reaction from the weekend is, thank goodness for, where are they? Burnley, Everton, Luton and Sheffield United. Otherwise, you think you're going down. Well, they're going, going to be, down they, with the Chelsea. At the moment, they are definitely heading towards a relegation battle. Oh, but you heard it here we first. do hope that... Never uh, in a million years. Can no, we, no, we can say no. this, he can't, but never in a million years. Need, some, need some goals. Uh, let's move on then to the final game. Uh, Newcastle United won, Brentford... Neil, again, a, another game yeah. with a bit of a suspect penalty. Um, or, or, or as I know suspect. it, not a penalty. Not, not a penalty, penalty. yes. Yeah. I mean, keeper's pulling out. Gordon buys it. You could say clever yeah. play and all that. Goes over the and, keeper. And, and several grown men, I assume they were all men, review it and yeah. it still stands... Um, heinous actually yeah um, you know it, 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 it was borderline but once you've got slow motion and the chance to look at it several times it's not a penalty don't yeah. give it Brentford um, started I, the better team they were you know it was a bit nervous Newcastle yeah. really well I think they've got I, mean, I think they've got quite a big game tomorrow yeah. so yeah. I think but Arsenal probably, also had a bit of a look about a yeah, team that maybe. weren't quite at it as they could I, be I, because they got a big game there's yeah. a Huge disparity between Brian and Buemo's left foot and his right. Honestly, if his left foot was as the same as his right, he'd struggle on a yeah. Sunday morning. And it is quite common with players with left foot wands. Their right foot is just there to stand on, and that's it. But uh, you know, I, th- I thought you know they they probably worth a point, Brentford, and they're a bit unlucky in the end. Anthony Gordon's improved though, hasn't he? He's really, really blossoming. I think now. Uh, he really is their best. He's yeah. doing uh, what Almiron was doing for them this time last season, except perhaps making the net bulge. Um, any any takers for uh, Thomas Frank's 1970-style travel chess set on the sideline? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Was it Ludo? I was, <laughs> yeah. In the middle of that, I hope, was like one of those pop-up things you had oh, on frustration. Pop-o-matic. 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 Yeah. 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 I thought yeah. when they were under pressure, though, Brentford, I thought this is where you miss Ivan Tony. Yeah, no outballs. Yeah, that's true. You've got no outball. Yeah. And losing Rico Henry and Ben Mee will be a blow. We have some suggestions for who should be in the barrel have we oh, got good the, have we got the captain pugwash music just to set this up for you I think. here it is okay thank you everybody suggested them we were struggling um uh, chris the palace fan chris richards palace sent half of the barrel had a good game but lost your hand for his goal and gave the penalty away two mm. mistakes that cost us the game all right maybe a harsh. bit harsh chris but oh. you're a fan you know better than us yep in the barrel, uh, the Spurs fans who left early, says John from Rochester. <laughs> yeah, oh, be... you love that, Paul, don't yeah. you? Oh, you sat for us, and, us who stayed yeah. to the end. Yeah, yeah. So no the heroes, actual heroes <laughs> yeah. of the day, let's be honest. I'd expect some kind of medal ceremony next time <laughs> yeah. I go there. Blue plaque. Paul, the Palace fan, without a doubt, Mike Dean needs to get in that barrel. Turned up on Sky, looking like page 24 out of a catalogue with a jean jacket, <laughs> then got proven wrong by Paul Merson. Yeah. Well, oh, boy. Yes. Okay. But on a more serious note, and who's going in the barrel? Yes, Gareth, the Spurs fan, said, let's put the cowardly, faceless, inverted commas, Spurs fans who abuse... Uh, Fodderingham, the Sheffield United keeper, in the barrel. Good idea. That's, that's I'd where go they, with that happily. That's where yeah. they yeah, deserve to idea. be. Into yeah. the darkness with them, yeah. Oh, a lot of them. 
Danny, always yep. a pleasure. Um, we really will, was. We will catch up with you next week. You'll be back on Sunday with Trans Europe Express, I take it. I will be, and then I'll be back on here with you. And I think um, next, sometime next week, uh, you're having yet another of your myriad holidays. I'm, 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 I'm off for a day or so next week. So, yes, yeah. yes, that's, that's right. That's two days, poor day yes, or so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Danny. Thanks a lot. Take care. There we are. There's Danny Kelly looking back on the Premier League weekend. Still got a game to play, of course. Uh, thanks for all your suggestions, mm. by the way, for the Barrel Gals. We've gone, we've gone with you quite rightly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, a version of them anyway. Every Monday we dust down some old clips from back in the day. And Clips of the Week pewter. We can't promise you gold. They're not curated to the same extent as maybe the, the greats of all time but they're just a little snapshot a moment mm. in time this is january 2006 so a, a, a array of different presenters uh, some still here some not um so uh let's get underway with mike parry yeah it's called sleep apnea or something isn't it yeah yeah something like that and you could die actually if you're snoring you should go and see your doctor because you could like wake up dead that's quite a hard thing to yeah. do, isn't it? <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Parry, wake up! Oh dear, sorry. Anyway, Andy, what's next? It's Mike Dickin on his soapbox. It's more snouts in the trough, isn't it? That's what we've been talking about ever since we've talked about speed cameras. This is to do with trouts in the snoff. <laughs> Bit of a spoonerism there yeah, from the late great brilliant. Mike Dickin. This is the young Jim Proudfoot now, still very much one of our top Ooh. commentary team, running through the teams. But they may well be encouraged by the fact that Rafa Benitez has rung the changes. Peter Christ. That was Andy Clark. Yeah, that was Andy that Clark. That wasn't Jim Proudfoot. Yeah, we need was... to hear that clip again because it put us off. That's boxing's Andy Clark. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the top boxing commentator these days. Here we go. But they may well be encouraged by the fact that Rafa Benitez has rung the changes. Peter Christ. Peter, Peter Christ. Christ. Peter, I don't remember Peter, Peter Crouch. I, mean, I don't remember his brother, but <laughs> not Peter. So, uh, what, what's next, Andy? It's Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues with a caller. Keith. Morning, mate. How are you? Oh, not very good. No? No. The A20 was shut. The A20's shut? Really? What, what, the A20 where? Uh, it's a cup. The A20's closed in six... Why, is it an accident, Dave? No, no. The McDonald's Cafe, it's just... Uh, they. Oh, they didn't very early. that is a, in the traffic report. That is, a, that is a first world problem, isn't it? Oh, the humanity! They've, cut McDo they've closed McDonald's on the A20, but that was in 2006. So if you're heading down there, it will be open. It's probably open now. Yeah. Let's get the sports news with Lisa O'Sullivan. The All Blacks captain Tana Umanga has announced his retirement from international rugby. The 74-year-old Test veteran will continue to play for the Hurricanes in Wellington. Yeah. I think it was about time he hung up the boots at 74, <laughs> 74. didn't you? It was about time to knock it on the head with Tana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Alan Brazil now. You know the key word here is free. When it's free booze about, people just Always. abuse it. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> not mentioning any names. No, of course not. mentioning not. any names, of course. Uh, Mickey Quinn now talking about festive music. Uh, where's Christmas song? Uh, that Joan Alomo song. Do, 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 do. I don't Jonah think that Loma. was one of his, like, great Joan Alomo. It was Jonah Louie, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, you'll yeah, find it was, it yeah. Was, yeah. And sticking with Christmas, here's overnight presenter at the time, Mike Mendoza, taking a call. Eilish. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. 
I'm sorry I didn't call her earlier, but um, I've been busy, and uh, you know this time of year gets a bit emotional for me. Oh, of course. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, and um, compliments of the season to everybody. Excellent. And I wish you and her happy New Year. Thank you. To everybody, and uh, wish you and and uh, Jennifer happy New Year. Thank you. As well, and compliments of the season, and thank you so much for your card. You get the idea. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Not Billy Eilish. Obviously. Yeah, no, not Billy. I don't think it's Billy Eilish. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't. Doesn't sound like it. It's got a very different singing voice if it was Billy. Um, yes, here's some team news from Blackpool now. Two players come back from suspension, Nigel Quashi and uh, Rory Delap, and he's brought in Brett Emeroyd. Oh, that's not Brett. nice, is it? Oh, yeah. Nasty. Going to get some cream for that, Brett, definitely. <laughs> Poor old Brett Emeroyd. Not nice, is it? Doesn't want to be sitting on the bench. No, he doesn't want to be, does he? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Alan Brazil now. Uh, taking, oh, sorry, talking dream dinner parties. So, all right, who would your three guests, we'll cut it down to three, your three guests, text and email, talksport.net, who would you love to have to have dinner? Uh, they, can, they can be dead. That's not great from a health and safety <laughs> point of view, is it, really? Perhaps they've got sleep apnea. Yeah, <laughs> that's not, it's, it probably is not great, is it? You know, it just, is, that, is that right, however? Yeah, he's fine, he's only been dead for a couple of days. Um, Gab Marcotti now, uh, with one of his trademark bizarre travel intros. He did them on purpose, but we did yeah. like them. Just reading here my favourite Sunday uh, tabloid where my, my colleague and friend Martin Samuel is the guest columnist of the week and um, he felt the need to write in his guest column that it's lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgendered history month in uh, in February and that the government and the map, uh, police department are distributing um, uh, pamphlets uh, listing famous uh, I suppose lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgendered people from the past including Leonardo da Vinci who I knew about and Hans Christian Andersen, who apparently was gay as well. I did not know that. Uh, here's Louisa with the travel. In Cumbria, Ken called to say he's stuck in a jam southbound on the M6. OK, well, good old Ken. I wonder what Ken had called for for a minute. Hans Christian Andersen, really? Never knew that, says Ken. Stuck in a jam. And finally, Andy. This is Adam Brazil talking to glamour model Michelle Marsh about online dating. Really friendly, and there's loads of guys on there just have a laugh. And did you not get some fruitcakes as well, Michelle? I did. I got a few presents at Christmas. It was really lovely. A couple of guys sent me nice presents. Yeah, not quite what Alan <laughs> meant, I think. Not the kind of fruitcake he had in, <laughs> he he had in my different, different times, of course, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. 2006, very, very different times. Very different. Uh, yeah, very different attitude towards mental health. So, uh, there we are. Clips of the week pewter there from January 2006. We'll dust a few more off. Uh, for you next week. Uh, we're going to be chatting to someone mm. in a moment, singer-songwriter, uh, who's not at all interested in football, but mm. is now renting a flat uh, in the shadow of the G-Tech, Brentford Stadium, mm. and has got right into the game, although she can only see one of the goals. Um, so we'll find out more about that. Tom May's going to join us for a chat about England rugby. Norm Crossley will uh, join us ahead of our commentary game tonight. Uh, Forrest v Burnley. We've still got a load of your emails and texts about stuff that was <laughs> thrown at you. And Sean, we were talking about Sean Dyche having a full head of hair. Yeah. I said, I'd like to see it shoulder length. So somebody's mocked him up. Look, who is it's it? a nice job, isn't it? It's Matt. Matt Gascoigne. He's mocked him up. Well done, Matt. He does look good with a really long ginger <laughs> hair, doesn't <laughs> he? Looks flowing locks of, uh, of Sean. He'd have to grow that for a long time. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, what have you had thrown at you? Um, this was a bit of a Charlie's choice because uh, Eddie Jones said, yeah, Eddie Jones, you can throw what you like at me after that defeat to Fiji. Baguettes, croissants, he was in France, so he mm. went quite route one. Christian, the Man United fan, said, um, while at school playing football, I was hit in the eye by a piece of French baguette. I was on a bit of a mazy run. 
to stop me, one of the lads threw his last piece of sausage baguette at me. Hit me straight in the eye. Oh, nasty. I actually had to go to A&E with a scratched eye <laughs> surface. Oh, the no. old crust of a baguette. And what are the... Uh, thank you, Chris, for that. It's quite a harrowing story you brought back. Um, Andy in the Black Country said, when I was working in a bakery as a 16-year-old, I was talking to my mate uh, over a catch I took at cricket at the weekend. So my mate said, go on then, catch this. Threw a custard slice at me. Obviously, it went everywhere. <laughs> he then said, oh, you're not that good at catching and laughed. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to do. I never really saw not catching a custard slice as a template for my skill. <laughs> oh, uh, really? As a cricketer, to be honest, <laughs> says Andy. Great new practice for the England team. It'd be good, wouldn't it, to see him out there with a custard <laughs> slice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I mentioned earlier on Celebrity Undercrackers, with uh, Louis Rees-Amet of Wales wearing against Portugal thought what better chance to wear my hero's underpants he's a CR7 mm. fan he supports Manchester United so he wore them for the Portugal game um, and Mark from Watford said my mum bought me a pair of Beyond Borg underpants thinking I'd be in I would be impressed. I was 25 at the time. Probably a bit too old for you. Apart from Christmas, that's when <laughs> mum can buy you underpants. Yeah, I think. that's true. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, keep those coming. Anyway, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Gary uh, on the beach in Spain says, I only wear CR7. I'm a 64-year-old unfit man with a large beer belly. Nice. Fantastic. <laughs> your Cristiano's delighted that you're advertising yeah, them. Yeah, tremendous. Now, yeah. Alexander Mitrovic, he's uh, yeah. obviously left Fulham and... Mm. Took quite a bit of effort for him to get to the Saudi yeah. Pro League, but I mean, he's, he's slightly delusional. Just this quote: "He said, I'm happy to have finally arrived at the top club. Al Hilal is a bit like Real Madrid in Europe. Think, kind no, of, not really, a level it? of competition. But you keep seeing these things with Cristiano Ronaldo. Scored his fourth goal in 25 minutes. Yeah, he's bound to do that. Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> playing in a pub league. Yeah. He's going to do that, That's isn't what he? I think he's going to do that." Um, Still, maybe sure the public pushing yeah, it. Yeah, might be a bit but, harsh. You know, really, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's not the highest <clears throat> level he's ever played at, despite what Mitrovic says. And we hear a lot about football being very expensive, and we remember, you know, the campaign to cheaper way tickets. Yeah. And 20's plenty. Never mind, mind 20's plenty. Tickets for the new Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick West End play next mm. spring. 395 quid. Wow, 395 quid's plenty. <laughs> it certainly is. As, uh, yeah, yeah, husband and wife. What play are they in? Uh, it's Neil Simon. Oh, okay. Well, no, it'll be good. I yeah. can't remember what it is now. One of those Neil Simon plays. Okay, well, they, they, you have to narrow that down a bit. You wrote about four hundred. Hold on, uh, Plaza Suite. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, it was a good yeah. film, wasn't it? Good yeah, film. Yeah, good. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that I'm looking for a pair of freebies. Clearly, that's certainly at three hundred ninety <laughs> quid. Blimey, that's incredible. Yeah, we'll go to the press night. Yeah. And uh, Paul Hollywood is to remarry, which mm. is nice for him. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. But whenever they go through, they always talk about his marriages, his relationships, and of course they mentioned this morning his relationship with our old friend Summer Montes Fulham are delighted to have signed Palinia to a new deal. That's as right. Their full name is. <laughs> that was not a real name, is it? It's no, it's Summer Montes Fulham. Well, this is uh, Paul Hawksby and Jacob Jacob Jacobs. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. With uh, Eddie Jones saying throw baguettes and croissants at me for that result against Fiji. What did you have thrown at you, TalkSport listener? And this is rugby related. Clinton says, once went to Rugby Sevens at Twickenham and the Mexican <clears throat> wave started. And then Clinton, as if we haven't heard of one, points out what the Mexican wave is. Let me explain <laughs> what that is. So when the wave got to us, we stood up and put our arms in the air, then brought them back down again and sat down. And yes, they called it Mexican wave, Clinton. We are aware of it. <laughs> then out of the sky, this is the bit where it, it suddenly isn't as oh, predictable. Yeah. Then out of the sky yeah. came a massive whole fish. Really? It landed straight on my lap. Must have been a good eight to ten pounds. Good Lord. It's a big fish. 
Luckily, it didn't hit me on the we head. playing Grimsby or <laughs> Yes, I wouldn't think it might be sevens. Uh, it could have killed me, he said. But what a way to go, Clinton. Really, hit by a £10 fish. Take that by a £10 fish. Point, really. Mid-Mexican way. Yes, that's true. I think what sort of effort. Yeah, marvellous. So well done to him. Uh, as an age group swimmer, I was hit on the head with a Capri Sun when we first started a 100-metre freestyle race. They forgot to drop the rope to stop us, and my teammate watching on launch said drink, which hit me on the head as I started the second length. Great <laughs> shot as I was in the middle lane, says Dan in Manchester. So it's good you can applaud your mate lobbing stuff at you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. At you, uh, Bill in uh, Wolverhampton said, when I was about six or seven, we had a new dartboard, which wasn't yet screwed to the wall. But my older brother said, well, I haven't got to worry about that. Why don't you just hold it up? Oh, that's such a bad And we'll idea. play darts. What could, it's like an episode of Casualty, isn't that's it, where you see the, the bloke in the push bike and the lorry coming around the other corner. First idea. dart went straight to my eyelid. Oh, Luckily, it was the very light darts, but the metal point was hanging out my eyelid. Oh, no. Silly things you do when you're young, I suppose, says Bill. It's still very much with the two eyes. It like wasn't in the eyes, <laughs> but, you know, you do darts up. <clears> You've <throat> surely <throat> taken one. You've taken a dart, haven't you? But, you know, kids, no, my friend, put your hand up there, they'd say. My very old good friend, Stephen Collins, he used to have this thing where... I'd put on a pair of wicketkeeper gloves. Yeah. And he only had a sort of regulation-sized garden, not massive garden, and he'd stand there with a golf club. Yeah. And he'd, he'd, he'd hit it, and I had to try and catch the golf ball with my wicketkeeper's gloves. So he'd fire... So he had a driver on <laughs> yeah, the no, tee. Yeah, it was an iron, to Oh, OK. okay. <laughs> Still, <laughs> it was fairly dangerous. So an iron on the tee, yeah. I say, so he'd go and come quite... Yeah. Not putting in the next door, it was like a three or a four yeah. iron, yeah? Yeah. And he's... And he's just hitting it, and you've got to catch it. I've got to catch the ball, yeah. Well, who's the biggest idiot, you or him? Both I think, of us. Yeah, I think it's Jacob, Jacob, <laughs> Jacobs, yeah, isn't I it? It is. definitely is him. He's often listening. So I think that, just say no, remember Andy. This. Just say no. I mean, why, <laughs> yeah, why did you do something like I know, that? Mad. Yeah. Um, got any more for you? Harry the Wolves fan. Mm. I was once at a formal function with my university team, and after a few beverages had been consumed, I decided it might be funny to lob a pat of butter at my friend Ian, who was the other side of the room. I threw the butter, and he caught it. Quite good, must have been a good team. <laughs> Looking quite confused. When Ian and everyone started to look very concerned, I realised why. Ian was allergic to dairy and had to run to the toilets to wash it off. Oh, okay. I've heard of that <laughs> one. You can have a dare. I thought we'd be eating it, not catching it. So I don't know. I don't know enough about these things. A lot of people have stuff thrown at them from cars, um, prawn sandwiches thrown at them from cars. That was Roy Keane. Um, what else we got? Somebody had a wagon wheel thrown at them. I take it they meant the chocolate bar, not not a wheel off a wagon. That could be thing that people do. I once remember driving along. Somebody threw a whole McDonald's like and. Big Mac and chips out the window. Oh, yeah, people, yeah, that's it's right. It's a really odd thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> a bit you know, of a waste. Keep but bald and tidy. So much for that campaign. <laughs> that didn't work, really. Uh, funny enough, I had a burger thrown at my chest, says Tony in Birmingham, whilst walking the dog, but uh, the dog just ate it. So we that was do, yeah. that quite enough, a happy really. ending, certainly <laughs> for the dog. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. A different sort of show tomorrow, live from Centurion Golf Course in Hertfordshire. Myself and Charlie Baker for Alan Brazil's Charity Golf Day. Lots of Owls old pals in the world of football and beyond are going to be playing. We'll be talking football more with uh, them. Bit of rugby with Lawrence Delalio. So do hope you can join us safe for a slightly different show tomorrow from one. If not, we'll have the best of it in the podcast at four. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.